Hello, I just wanted to mention if you're listening to a Ringside View podcast on any of these platforms, iTunes, Breaker, Cashbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, please give us a like, a subscription, a comment, and follow us on all these platforms. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, follow us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Pro Wrestling News Tracker. We're also on Twitter at Ringside View Pod. We are also on Instagram at Ringside View Podcasts. So follow us on all these um, social media platforms. We would greatly appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Ringside View Podcast. Robert Jesse Dominguez with Earl the Pearl. Earl, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in Tulsa. What? So we're actually in studio at Matt's house. The wonderful IT Matt. Yes. So he's staring at us, though, like I know, he wants we have... to be on the show. Perhaps we should say <laughs> hi. Say hi to everybody, Matt. Say hi, Hello, man. everyone. Oh, there he is. Now people know what he sounds like. So we, we normally don't have an audience, but we have an audience. So I, today, is, I'm a little nervous. I don't know why. Just just imagine it's it's us with special guest. Yes. IT Matt. IT Matt. Okay. IT Matt. <laughs> and he'll chime in every once in a while with his thoughts about the programs. <laughs> Man, that's that's awesome. So well, it's good to it's good to be here. Number one, yes, it is to see you guys because I, I haven't you. seen you guys what like in nine years. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's been a while since you you, know, you dipped out on me at work in the middle of the night. Never saw you again. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually tell you whenever I was. You leaving. really didn't. But I. But to be fair, I I did miss one day on vacation. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, that was real though. Like you left, and then Marcus told me, and I was like, man, that sucks. I didn't even say goodbye. Yeah, and Kelly. I felt so bad. I was like, did I do something wrong? Is it my fault? For years, I thought it was my fault. And then I reached out to you again. But you did. And then I found out the reason why. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so um, so we're good now, right? I mean, I, I'm, I guess. I mean, it has to be because you, you got me a drink. I did. Jaritos. I did. Ooh, I have one too right here. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see if we can get a mic. Oh, there it was. It didn't pop as much. Oh, oh, there it is. There. It's delicious. That sounds good, man. Mm. Mm. What is your favorite flavor? Um, I want to say probably pineapple. I was going to say pineapples. Yeah. Like I, I first started with Mandarin and I was like, it's really good. And then I went back to Donna Gloria, the best food truck in Tulsa. So I, I'm either with uh, pineapple or manzana, which is apple. So oh, I haven't, they don't have that one at the one. I they don't have it. No, well, no the, the food truck I go to, they only have Mandarin okay. and they have pineapple. They probably have apple. I just have never really asked. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I'll take, I'll take the orange. I'm yeah, so, I'm so, I'm so white. I'm like, I'll take the orange soda, and uh, and they're like, oh, so, 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 so. and then I don't know. They say something to each other, and then they they chuckle because it's always the ladies, and then they look yeah. at me, and I'm like, hi. But no, I I saw pineapple, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna try pineapple, and I really like the pineapple the best. So right on, man. I'll have to try manzana next time. Yeah. That's apple. I like, I've learned something new today. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite taco is the uh, El Pastor. Oh, you know what? Which I, is which that's... is Spanish for delicious. Yeah, because <laughs> they make it with pineapples, yes, and onions. Um, so you know what? It's actually whenever I go to a, a Spanish restaurant to test them out, mm-hmm. I ask for that to gauge it. The, the El Pastor will make or break it. Yes, it will. So love it. Very good stuff. Um. They have a store. They have a restaurant, the one I go to at the food truck by the house, because um, I live in the, the place that's called Little Little Mexico. Mexico, off of, off of 21st? Yep, off of 21st. And uh, 
I went in there and, and I got food the first time and it was really good because someone, uh, a guy we used to work with was like, oh, me and my significant other, we go there, we get the tortas, they're huge. Was he a security guard? Uh, no, he he was a coach. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I went there to try their torta and they have like 18 tortas. And yeah. Like, oh my God. And they were huge, like the super tortas. And it was really good. And then I went back like, I don't know, like a month later and then they were given cheese dip for free. I was like. What is this cheese dip for free thing? I, I was I was like, do I owe for this? Like, oh no, it's complimentary. I was like, cool. So then I told my wife and went back the next week. Yeah. No more cheese sauce. I was like, mystery cheese. I was like, did you did you did you lose money on this free cheese thing? I don't understand what's going on. Was that a promotional deal? <laughs> exactly. But it's really good. And they have yeah. a little food trucks. So right yeah, on. it's really good. Um, so did you I I think this week uh since it's in the middle of the week, we're, we can't really talk about, you know, um, AEW. But we can talk about the pay-per-view just for a brief moment. Yeah, yeah. We could touch on it. Okay. Um, what did you, What was your take on it? What was your What, what did you take from that? Uh, everything was great. Um, the only the one thing I got I annoyed about was the cinematic match. Like, their editing was mm. so janky. Like, when he was attacking Guevara... And they and he hits them and they go to the tree and he falls down and all of a sudden they're there and it was like a, it was a really weird jerk because yeah. I caught it and then we round it and I was like unless I got abducted by aliens or I had a, a minor <clears> stroke <throat> I, I swear it happened but then the uh, uh, private party was in the was in the car and like we're gonna be right there and you see them drive and they mm-hmm. get out and then they're wrestling and the camera guy is upon over and you can see them standing next to the ring. And then immediately they're like, oh, we're almost there. And they're running. I'm like, you were literally standing like right here. You weren't running down a road. <laughs> and uh, and that's the two things. I was like, oh, they got to do better with their editing game. The the one thing I took away from that was like uh, when they did Final Deletion on Impact. Yes. Or T, uh, TNA whenever they were switching over. Mm-hmm. The, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's actually on WWE now. He was the one that actually recorded the Boneyard match. Oh, really? Yeah. So when he decided to do this match, I was kind of iffy about it. I was going to give him a chance because that guy did the Final oh, so Deletion. So he came to AEW? Yeah. Well, oh, no, okay. No, yeah, no. He, 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 was on, he was on Impact. Oh, okay. He got hired by WWE, so he did like the Boneyard match. I got you. Okay. And so... I was kind of leery about that yeah. because I said, that's the, the same producer. But the Boneyard was pretty good. Yeah. 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 It was a little bit long. Yeah, it was. I was like, uh. but I was, like, you, like uh, But it was, it, the story I told was great. But yeah. like the whole thing of them up on the roof and him throwing them down, I was like, I could have done without that. <laughs> I could have done without that. Because the, cause you saw the, the Undertaker symbol up there. Yeah. And it drove away from the thing. And the yeah. brain's all like, with his fist. Like, I was like, you could have kept that a mystery. Yeah. I even went up there. Yeah. And then do that. And I'd have been like, oh my God, that's great. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah I thought it was, they could have cut maybe a good two, two and a half minutes off of the Boneyard match and it still would have been even better. But this, this one particular match with Sammy and um, Matt, I love that that uh, Hurricane Helms in it. JR. You know it is Hurricane season. <laughs> He came back as the producer. I was like, throw him in the lake. Throw him in the lake. He threw him in the lake. And then he comes. Oh, yeah. And that was the other bad editing thing. Like, they yeah. threw him in the lake. And then they stayed on him too long. And I was like, well, how is he going to change back into the hurricane? And all of a sudden, it, like, hurriedly switched. <laughs> and then the hurricane was back. I was like, they got to work on that. They, yeah. Just, just a little. Gangrel. Gangrel was on there, too. Oh, my God. Was, you don't understand how happy I was to see yeah. Gangrel. Uh, Did you see that? Was it me? Do you have salt? No. We need salt. Demons are here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw that. Um, the light just flickered and 
I realized. I realized that that uh, we said Gangrel, and then it flickered. It did. He's he's here. <laughs> he's here. I was trying to think when I was trying to think when I was like, oh my god, did TNA actually do the first cinematic match? But then I remembered Lucha Underground was all set. It was most. Right. It was a lot. Was cinematic. But, right. But I don't remember them. But like on match match wise, I think Impact was the first to do the cinematic matches with the with the with the deletions. Right. Because yes. Uh, Lucha Underground, a lot of that was cinematic, mm-hmm. but they, but you know what I'm saying, but like they had wrestling matches. Their cinematics were like off camera or like at the end of the seasons where they they had the different things going on and they were they were like uh, whenever uh, you know just whatever might have been like at the end of it they always had like five or ten minutes and they just did little cinematic things. But they, I don't remember them ever having like a cinematic match, right? So I think I think the Hardys are the first ones to do the cinematic thing that everybody's just like well, Vince is fawning over now. Well, and, you know, if you think about it, um, Randy Orton and um, Bray then Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, yeah. had, they had a cinematic but one, but it was nowhere near the production. No, but was that after, but was that after the, mm, the before it, Was it? It was before. Okay. But, I, I, I but thought, it wasn't like the production, like it was like Final Deletion. But I, yeah, no, but that, that one sucked. Yeah, it like, did. Like, if they have another Fiend versus... Randy Orton, they really need to go talk to well, the, NXT and well, be like, hey, how do we do this match like Dexter Loomis had? Well, they have they have the guy that they're. I can't, that's I can't what think I'm saying. Name, yeah, so. I, I need I need them to do exactly like a that. match as not exactly like it, but a match as good as the haunted horror match between yes. Dexter Loomis and Cameron Loomis, you got kids. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to watch it again the other day. I just I just went to the one yeah. part just to see it. But no, I. But yeah, that once I for real though. But when I did see that, I was like, "This is what Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt's match should have been." Yeah, yeah. But that's. But yeah, that's what. That was the one thing I didn't like about it was that. But man, everything else so good. Um, the Omega and um, Hangman, Hangman Page. Page, and they're doing good setting up for either. Um, the elite turn and and uh, a Hangman Page being the White Knight on a steed, right or them not being heels, but just over exaggerating and yeah. celebrating, and then FTR and Hangman Page joined because did you yeah did you notice at, it like at the very end yeah, of the match? But then oh. they also had after after yeah, and the Young Bucks were getting their pictures taken as the world title holders, uh-huh. and Omega was getting his, and they were celebrating. And I don't know if it was on being the leader if they just took the pictures and put it out there, but so like the room we're in, like the table. It would be where you're sitting is one of the one of the bucks, the bucks, and then where I'm saying is Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Then you have the door here, and it has a door that opens and shuts. Well, on the other side of the frame, you have Hangman Page, and he was looking even sadder than he did at the end of that match. Yeah, I was about, like, to, I was like, about to say he that. He wants then. to go in and celebrate. But he doesn't. But he can't because he's not the, welcome. The camera made sure it hit him on both incidents. Yep. Yes. And it was, which I loved. Yes. So, yeah. so that's, And it was a little bit more emotional looking than the end of the match yeah so yeah so that's the only two things that can happen is ftr is like you know i know you you did that and messed them over but we're really been the only people that have been nice to you right and that will be a great because that's going to be a, a vengeful heel turn for it, him because yeah. he's taking he's got all that frustration of i tried to be your friend you didn't want me yeah. you pushed me away or it's going to be the bucks and omega as super mega heels and he's like I've got I've got to be the one that stops them because I'm the only yeah. one that can. So I like the storytelling on that. Because I think I like 
I like you know the the Bucks, Omega, and Hangman when they were when they were in Bullet Club, mm-hmm. they were the more they were more interesting, yeah. And they sold more merch and yep. their storylines were better. That's just me, but um, but yeah, I kind of liked it because like like you were saying, Hangman hanging in the background. I was always thinking to myself, I said, "Is he going to come out to the ring? Is he going to come out? Was he going to come out?" Yeah. But he didn't, and I loved it. Yeah. So um, and the Moxley Kingston match, like mm-hmm. I was just talking about it nonstop. Yeah. Because I'm like, I cannot wait for this match. And I was getting tired and it came on. I got super excited it about was, it. It was pretty it late, wasn't it? did not disappoint. No, like, it did he not. he had to put that barbed wire to get him to tap out. Yeah. And, oh, it was so... Like, for a moment, I thought he was going to wrap the barbed wire, like, on his face. And I was like, this is going to... I he was, was like, he I wrapped said, it around his did, hand. He wrapped it around his hand and was hitting him with it. But, but before, like, he went to get it and yeah. he was going like this. And I was like... Are you going to like? Because you could put it like yeah. on the forehead and then right here. Yeah. And just make it look like you're pulling harder than it is. But then he put it on his hand and he locked it and he put it under that chin. I was like, that's even worse because you have to be just right not to hit that little jugular. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, but then he, <laughs> then they called it. And I was like, I didn't even see him say I quit. And then when my friend was like, Yeah, he said he yeah, quit. Yeah, I then, actually heard it. Then once he was done, he was just crying. And I was like, This whole thing and like that paper you did not disappoint except no. for the whole editing thing but the rest of it amazing yeah i have to, I have to I agree with you it a lot. the only thing i would say about the moxley uh kingston match is his outfit i thought he was like playing for the celtics or something oh you're talking about uh kingston <laughs> yeah someone on that we love pro wrestling said that he was paying homage to his his uh his hero because uh, they talked about it a couple times. Uh-huh. His last name starts with an, uh, an Mitsusuri or Mitsusuki mm-hmm. or something like that. And then someone was like, he looked like a Power Ranger to me. You can't <laughs> tell from this. And they put a picture side by side, and it was the same outfit. Was it really? Okay. Yeah. Well. And then someone was like, he's even talked about this has been his like the person he's looked up to and wants to idolize and stuff like well, that. Well, then I will retract. My but he, criticism. I, but, we did, but we did say he looked like a green power. Engine. I was like, oh my God, he's Tommy. He's going to win the match. Tommy doesn't lose. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, no, but he did look like the green power ranger though. Stop. <laughs> I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the Zoid to come out. There. I know. The little flutey play. Oh Lord. Oh, so good. Oh yeah. This, I mean, there was like a, a lot of good stuff on that match. Um, Cause it went pretty late, didn't it? It went to it like. Felt it We watched it. We watched it after it was recorded. It felt like a three-hour pay-per-view. Because yeah. we started at 5.30, and we didn't skip anything. Yeah. And I didn't get out of my friend's house till like, 9. So yeah. I, think, I think it was a three-hour pay-per-view. I don't know what it was actually billed as, but it felt like a three-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, it did. Because we started, we started, I think, right at 5.30 or a little after 5.30, and I left my friend's house right at 9. Uh, there was a match in the very beginning, Allison K. Did you see that? Yes, we watched the pre-show. Um, I, I, Allison K versus Serena Deeb. Yeah, I have always loved her. Oh, really? Yeah, she's she was uh, she was Impact uh, Women's uh, Champion. Um, I didn't even know for that. a while. Nice. Like she had a she had a, a feud with Rosemary for a while before Rosemary got hurt. Ah. And she's always done really good work. Um, she was good in that pre-show. Yeah, she was, and so um, I follow her on Instagram and. Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. and she was posting all over the place, and I was so happy. But it also helped so happy further the storyline too, because yeah. after that match, like Serena Deeb didn't let up, and yeah. then Thunder Rosa came out, and I can't remember for looking. I think someone else came out. I don't remember, but I know I know she came out. Thunder Rosa because, did, and she challenged, and she right. pointed and talked smack, and I was like, "That's 
I hope they have that match on AEW. Yeah, because Allison K was actually an MMA fighter for a while. Wow. And she's well, like, they let her have quite a bit of offense in that match. Yeah, because she had, like, I remember her showing a, a footage of her, like, knocking the heck out of this one girl with an elbow. Like she the Judas did, effect? Yeah, yeah. Well, if she was on the ground, like, it looked like she did, like, a like a Samoan drop. Really? And she she dropped an elbow on this oh, chick, and she was out. Dropped so, a bomb on her. But, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's been one of my favorites for a while. So she's on NWA for a while. Well, there we go. That makes sense so, why they fought. Yeah, and I think I think NWA is starting to I really give want them. them yeah. I really want them to do a partnership. And the only reason why is you can say a lot of stuff about like Impact Nick Aldis. Right. And you can say a lot of stuff about Impact Nick Aldis and his wife when they had the little heel run. Right. Which I didn't really care for. Because Mickey James. <clears throat> Mickey James. Right? I always thought it was funny because they uh, – uh, someone made that joke like you just saw, like they did the whole like the, what was his the, name on impact like his the, name was on impact magnus was magnus yeah so they did like the whole like aj pipe bomb which mm-hmm. he's talking about like you can't you can't leech talent which he's talking to the bellas yeah um and then someone when mickey james came back someone in the back when they were making fun of her her age even though she's like one year off from the person making fun of her for being old. Um, they were like, you just, you just suck up to, you just suck up to greatness because she was dating John Cena for yeah. a moment or, she, or slept with John Cena for a moment. I don't know yeah. which one. And then she went to Magnus. Um, but NWA Magnus, he's on a whole other level. Yeah. Like he is in the best shape I've ever seen him on. And I would love for, for AEW to do some kind of an angle. I think with so Nick too. Aldis versus, I, I would, it doesn't matter. Put him in there with an inner circle person. Put yeah. I, w- I want him to be in there so Jericho gets involved. And I still and I know I've talked about it on the show before. I really want a Billy Corgan versus Jericho promo off. Right. Because if you let Billy Corgan have a promo off about how successful he really is and Music how great wise, the NWA right. is, right. and then you have Jericho just bring in the the wrestling promo smack talk. Man, but then the matches would be great too, and I I really think NWA would be a great partnership with AEW. Now, whatever Tony Khan thinks, that's I'm just I'm right. Earl. I'm Earl from Tulsa. I, I don't really matter. Earl the Pearl, but Earl the Pearl from Tulsa. Um, but I really think an NWA AEW because they have so much good talent in, on do. the NWA roster. They really, really do. You've got uh, if you just look at a few of them. Uh, you've got Nick Aldis, of course, James Storm. James Storm. Um, you also have the guy that used to be known as Son of Havoc. Mm, yes, he's over there in AEW. Um, and he, I remember during the the because I follow him on Facebook and stuff. And he talked. He about was great the, on the, Lucha. He was great on Lucha, but during the quarantine, like he hated it. He's like, I, I, for the last year and a half, been on the road wrestling everywhere, and that was my goal. He goes, I haven't wrestled in over three months. He's like, I feel a part of me is dead. Yeah. But they have them, and then they also have other talent that that is like the the younger guys. I, mm. I just really think in the women they have great. So I think I think and in the other thing is that lady that you were just talking about that fought Serena Deeb. She was she was a former NWA Women's Title holder. Uh, Allison K. Yeah, Allison K. So I think it would be great just so you can get more <laughs> newer faces because you're trying to build AEW for a long time. I think NWA is trying to be rebuilt for a long time. I think it'd be good because like uh, NWA is just doing all their stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. and it would, it would help uh, social media wise. And with, AEW Dark both. is on YouTube too. Yeah. And they're talking about getting that second show for AEW. Cause they said like once Ronaldo, Mar Ronaldo and, and, uh, um, Oh, what's her face? Uh, 
John Moxley's wife. Um, Renee, uh, Renee. Renee. Once her, once her, their six, their their claws is out. They can't work for anybody else. Right. They already said they were talked with Tony Khan to which, be which the commentators be... for a second show. Right. If you did a second show, get in the younger talent for AEW, then that would be a great time to have the NWA yeah. partner because they already most even if they did some matches on the main roster, you yeah. have Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone who were with the NWA. So they and you could bring that into the storyline. Yeah. So I think it would be really great. And then I was also talking about the commentary booth. Like if you if you look at it and think about it, AEW doesn't have heel commentator. The time they need a heel commentator, they bring in Jericho, Jericho or Taz. Or Taz, yeah. So you could, like I said, because we were talking about it, and they were like, oh, one of my friends was like, oh, but they're both faces. I'm like, AEW Dynamite, no one's a heel. They all mesh perfectly. Right. They may make fun of each other like you're supposed to, yeah. but nobody's a heel. If they want a heel, they bring in uh, Jericho or, or, Taz. Or, or Taz. So why couldn't you have Mara Ronaldo and Renee Young, two very polite Canadians, yeah. and just have that? And then you could still bring Jericho or Taz or whoever, one of, one of NWA's commentators that may be sort of heelish. You could bring them in. Yeah. And it would just work really well. I, I think so. So that's what I would love to see. That's me. I would if they did a second show like that. <clears throat> watch that every week. Hey man, of that. I like. I mean, it. that's a, that would just explode and it just be, it would help them if they are really wanting to be a long term. I don't. They, they always say we're not trying to compete. That's fine. Throw that out. If you right. just want to be a viable alternative, that's going to have each year. Yeah. You you got to do something like that. Um, man, I I would love that. I mean, because I know. I've read somewhere that Impact's trying to do partnership with uh, New Japan, which I would love to. Yep. I would love that. That would be great. I would love to see Raji Raju <laughs> in Japan. Raji Raju. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but they have worked within uh, New Japan Pro for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they had like, back back when it was yeah. it, it was TNA. Yeah. Yeah, and they had they had Nakamura. Like yeah. I, I wasn't watching in TNA back then, and I wish I had. But I've gone back and watched them. Yeah. And ROH, they yep. have worked with ROH before because Nakamura and Kevin Owens. Had yep. a big fight, and I like that he did the cannon. Uh, he did a cannonball off of it. Nakamura was like sidestep, and he was like bam, and he hit the match, and he's like, Whoa. I was like, I love you so much. Um, yeah, I would, I would really love that if they would just collaborate. Because if, if, if wrestling can succeed, that's that's the big thing. Yeah, because right now I'm not watching any sports. I'm not. I'm not watching any. I, I catch I catch a football game once in a while, like part of it. <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. Wrestling has consumed everything for me, so and I'm go. I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're we're like recording. I'm in Tulsa. We're mm-hmm. recording like middle of the week. We you know we normally talk about you know Raw, SmackDown, uh, AEW, NXT, and stuff like that. So today we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to talk about, and I'm not sure if which way you want to go with this. We can okay. either we can either talk about our five favorite wrestlers of all time or five mm. favorite wrestlers currently. We could even do a mix. Yes, just, just let's are, let's do mm, a mix. I okay? like it. Okay. I like it. You can okay. do. Okay. Oh, so good. So okay. good. Okay. I'll go first, and then you go. Uh, All right. I agree with you. I don't know. Um, I, I, me and my friend Daryl have done who's your top five favorite wrestlers. Right. And I was like, done. He was like, that was fast. He's like, I know. Like, How about top ten? Done. Here you go. Because, man, there's uh, – so I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, my type – I would just say this, top favorite all time. My, my number five is CM Punk. Because I, I just I love him because like I think before 
they were doing NXT. He was a he was an indie guy on yes. on on Ring of Honor, and I forgot the other promotion he was doing, mm-hmm. but it was like really small. Uh, and I love because like he was actually a pioneer to me. He was a pioneer because he kept his name, and he wouldn't he whenever he signed with anybody, he wouldn't change his name, nope. and he just kept his his own name, Chicago Made Punk. Yep, and that's what that's what he was brought up on. And so I, I did like, you know, WWE, whenever they, they gave him, they let him win two, like, uh, Money in the Banks. Yes. And they pushed him, and they pushed him to, like, for, like, ECW stuff, too. But he's always been my favorite. Yes. And, you know, he's, he wasn't a very big guy, Mm-mm. but he, I think he could work well with, with everybody. And I, I love this. I always love this theme. So it's yeah. just me. Yeah. He, I like I liked CM Punk, what, what you were saying, because, like, he, he stayed the same. Mm-hmm. He always was that. Um he had the chip on his shoulder, which I think is a thing that may have cost him a lot. In to go down, yeah. Yeah, because if you buck the system, it's anything. Like, if you look at it, even in real life, if you buck the system, you're going to be looked at differently. Right. But no, I, I, I like CM Punk. He's the, he's not my top five. Um, I'm, I'm not going to put any order, but one of my top five. <laughs> um, you can't deny this guy was great. It was very sad that he had a back injury mm-hmm. that that kind of side that kind of sidelined him, and he never was the same. But Mr. Perfect, yes, Mr. Perfect is by far to me one of the greatest in ring performers. His fisherman suplex or the perfect plex, whatever you want to call it, when he it was he snapped it so clean, like his mm-hmm. his his tippy toes, and he did the back and just. Uh, just this is his 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 uh, not formation, but the way he pulled it off. Yeah, oh, so good. And he came, I'm gonna say, from one of the best wrestling lineages ever. You had like I didn't know his dad was Larry the Axe Henning when I first watched him. Yeah, like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Growing up, when I grew up, I was a WWE. That's all I watched. That's the only thing I knew of. Mm. I didn't have cable, so I didn't know about TBS or TNT. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about that. I only knew what was on Saturday morning cartoons. You had the Hulk Hogan uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had Saturday morning wrestling later in the day. Then you had Saturday night once every, what was that, like month, I think it was, or every two weeks or something. <clears throat> I, had, I had to stay up for that, and I got grounded many times that was, watching that. That was main event, wasn't it? Sorry, not main event, yep. Okay. And then... Uh, then from there, growing up, then you had the precursor to Monday Night Raw, where it was just Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm-hmm. Their chemistry together is wonderful. But then from there, when Monday Night Raw, and that's all I knew. And then when the Monday Night Wars happened, then I was like, oh, there's another company? What is this? WCW? I've never heard of them. Yeah. So like I said, I was very sheltered when it came to wrestling. But as I got older, then I, you know, YouTube all that and then other I had friends that were big wrestling fans that knew more than, of the wrestling world than I did yeah so then I learned well Kurt you know Mr. Perfect's dad is Larry the Axe hitting he you know Minneapolis Minnesota the, one of the greatest then you go there I'm like oh his dad was amazing and then even though his son doesn't get a good rep his son is really good I love his son and his son his son uh, has trained people too yeah and, but that's what I'm saying but Mr. Perfect was great and then uh, one of the things I really liked about him was this little vignettes that he used to do when he mm-hmm. did the baseball or the football he like, threw the football to himself um, <laughs> yeah, to him. yeah to himself <laughs> and I remember getting the Mr. Perfect box uh, the DVD uh-huh. I, I mean I don't, I don't have many DVD wrestlings yeah uh, but I have a few of people that I really like you still have it? 
Well, I still have it. Yeah, I do. It's, wow. in my, it's in my closet. I have the Mr. Perfect one. I have the Four Horsemen, the Lineage of Horsemen, like four discs. Then I have the Ric Flair DVD. Impressive. I want a John Cena one from Twitter. So I have John Cena's. I've never watched it. I've never opened it. It's really? just sitting in my closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you more now. I know. I have, uh, <laughs> I have one. Uh, I have one for uh, Shawn Michaels. But anyways, so I learned they had to, when he did the vignettes, they had to turn off, well, turn off air quotes, because it was kind of like when we first started. Mm-hmm. If he had an audience, he could not. It's not wrestling, so he couldn't make the golf shot. Right. He couldn't hit the home run. He couldn't throw the football. I run. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I forget who the producer was. It was someone in WWE, but they were like, "Yeah." After a while, we were just like, "Okay, camera's off," and then Mister Perfect happened, and he. Made the That's golf so shot. weird, but it? he had to tell him he they had to lie to him and say, "Oh yeah, the camera's off." Yeah, but then he could do that, and they said, "You think it's a camera trick, right?" But on the one take that they actually had, he threw the football and ran down there and caught it. That was legitimate. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like it's fake, but he actually did that. So I, I thought that was funny. I totally forgot that was him, but I love that. Though. Yes, <laughs> and Wade Boggs was the one in one of them. Yeah, uh, but anyways, but his whole thing, and then he is. And ultimately, he had the same kind of a thing like Rick Rude had. Right. He took he took a bump wrong, like Rick Rude took the bump on the on the on the on the uh, ramp wrong and hurt his back. And mm. then I think Mr. Perfect was on the still steps right. and he fell out. Because the one thing you learn, like from some of the tough enoughs, whenever uh, uh, Triple H was on it, the it was the one where he's like, "Hey, your beeps hanging out. You need to fix that." And yeah. this guy shorts, but he said. What makes one th- one of the things that help make a great wrestler is anybody can go over the f- the top rope when you get thrown out. Right. But it's how you get thrown out, how you make it look once you're over that top rope or through the middle rope. You never get thrown out on bottom rope unless you know right. it's a gimmick thing. But how you go outside of the ropes, that's what makes that's what helps define you. That's what people are going to remember. So if you just go over the top and just be like, oh, and just flop, that's what they're going to remember you at. It's kind right. of like the first 15 seconds in a conversation. But how you get thrown out. And if and once I learned that, you start watching the people get thrown out. You're like, oh, that's really good. Like if you look at Big Luke Gallows, when he gets thrown out, a lot of times he gets thrown out and he lands on his butt and then he falls. Mm-hmm. But but the, the butt hitting the apron is so he doesn't really hurt himself. But then when he falls over, he makes it look like he hurt himself. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he, he sells it. And he it's so it. good. And it's subtle. Yeah. Because when he falls, he's like, and then he falls down. And you don't ever think, oh, he braced himself when he hit the apron. People, people don't realize how important that is. Because yes. like, because it, it, if it goes wrong, then it draws you away from the match. And you it don't, does. You, you don't watch the storyline. Exactly. So. And that's what I learned. And then, um, but yeah, his little injury that hurt him there. And then he, but then you got the greatness of Mr. Perfect right. on commentary. And he was as good as Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. He even did the whole pencil thing. Like, the pencil thing was amazing. Like, he would throw it up and, and yeah. catch it. And it was always down. Or and one time I remember he threw it up. He's like, and he starts writing. I was like, that is the smoothest pencil coach I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he went he's to He's Mr. W- Perfect. Yeah, he's Mr. Perfect. <laughs> and then he went to W. And the whole, the whole spitting the gum up in the air. Get out of here. And he'd hit it. And he hit every time. It never fell. Yeah. But yeah, he was just... So naturally talented. And then because I learned that he was from, you know, Minnesota, then you start watching his independence. Mm-hmm. And he was just as good, but he wasn't called Mr. Perfect. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I, that from that. And then, yes, he went to WCW. He had an okay run. 
But after his back injury, he wasn't the same. Right. And that's what happens a lot of times with people. But just his body of work, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I never have ever, even going back and watch like on the network when they have Mr. Perfect, I've never thought, uh, I don't care about this match. Because it could be a match from 15, 20 years ago, and I'm still as invested in it as right. always. I just love Mr. Perfect. I got I to gotta go back and watch his stuff. Oh, so good. So, mm, so I'm, I'm going to be like you. I'm, I'm going to go out of order. Okay. Um, but one of my one of my favorites, and I know we talked about this before, mm-hmm. is the even though they're heels, Freebirds. Oh, I've always loved the Freebirds, and I I love to hate them. I love and, to hate their music video. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I hate that video. And so, so much. and so like it it, it it will get me to that because like, and I've told you this before. Michael Hayes was the very first wrestler to come out to music. Yeah. And the Von Erics loved it, so they copied it, and they came out with Rush whenever they would come out. But he came out to uh, I, I'm gonna I'm spazzing here. I forgot the name of the original song he came out to it was um, it was something in Georgia. I can't. Oh, I don't know the name, but yeah. And so so then it prompted him to do his own music video, Bad Street USA. And I know you hate that. God, there's a part in that video where he tries to dance and he's so off rhythm, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? It is? Oh, God, but I I, so I loved it because he was doing the music video. He's actually singing the words, That's and my he and he, he yeah. <laughs> And he had Earl's, Earl's got his hand sticking out, and he's turned his head sideways and side to side. God, I hate that. Um, <laughs> so he has gorgeous Jimmy Garwin in the video and Sunshine. They're they're in the video, and I love that. And like Sunshine. he's, I think you know, he's first wrestler to come out with his own yeah. music. First wrestler to do his own music mm-hmm. for an entrance. Perform it in front of a crowd. And so I used to hate he would come out. Jump over the top rope and just strut. Yeah, you know his strut was good. It was like, good. Like if I had to put it on on the strut struts, it's it's well above <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's strut. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett's strut is super weak. So, but his strut is really good though. I can't remember the year what happened, but he's always been like whenever he first came out, he was he was like David Von Erich's friend, mm-hmm. and then he turned on David on I think it was a Christmas match where David was fighting. Um, either, no, it was probably. Carry fighting Ric Flair for the world title. Okay, and Michael Hayes was the was the the guest referee, mm-hmm. and he was like he was like gift wrapping it. He knocked out you know uh, Ric Flair. Yeah, he was giving it to to Carry. He wouldn't take it, and so it was a cage match. So he walks out. Uh, Terry Gordy slams the the gate, and it hits Carry, and then thus begins this whole Von Eric Freebird. Just shows you how honorable the Von Erichs. Were. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so. Mm. Ever oh, since then, he was so a bad guy, and I can't remember what year it was, but it was that Texas Stadium. Mm-hmm. They were having a match, and I think you know David had already passed, mm-hmm. and um, and like Fritz was involved, and for some reason Michael Hayes came to go. I forgot who they were fighting. Yeah, but Michael Hayes came to fight and help Fritz von Erich, and I was like, I was a kid, I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's helping him. He's not supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> so. But I, 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 I love them, but I hated them at the same You're time. You're supposed to love to hate the free Yeah. Ones. So they, they're the, the first ones that help make that rule that everyone goes off of now. Like yeah. New Day does, that yeah. Freebird rule. Because that was like, it's sad. Because if you think about it, you're just cheating. But they made that loophole, and it's like the most greatest loophole of any yeah. team. If yeah. you get a third person, you can claim the Freebird rule, and oh, it's so good. Yeah, he's a champion too. Yeah, he's a champion too. <laughs> Exactly, but uh, I wish back then. See, they had the six man title tag titles back then, uh-huh. but they they had a trophy. They didn't have they didn't Something have like belts. Off. So, what happened? 
My phone's going off. Oh, oh, I think it was your phone. Where's it at? It's uh top of the table over there. Oh. Dang it. I heard something from in here. It sounded like a game in Bigfoot. I should have put that on silent. Well, I don't know. Mine's not on silent, so. That's, you know. good, that's a good point. You should have put it on silent. Yeah. Bobby yeah. Dominguez. Cause Bobby D. Bobby D. Because, you know, look, mine's on silent. See? Right there. Silent. Spoiler, I just put it on silent. It's but Clifton. The it's people actually, don't know that. People don't know that. It's actually Clifton. Oh, what's Clifton up to? He's sending me something here. Uh-oh. It's a hack. It's a picture of, looks like trash cans. He just called you trash, bro. You better send him back a picture. I don't know what that is. Is that trash cans? That's trash cans upside down. Okay. I think he's calling you trash, bro. Probably. Or he's saying 2020 is a hot dumpster fire. One or the other. <laughs> um, 1950. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. That I, I've I've never really had the Freebirds in my top five. But okay. no, that they they were very instrumental. Dang. <sighs> Man. Even though he's not my top five, Prince Von Eric is one of the greatest ever. Oh, our, one of our new managers that we have is from Texas. And he was I was like, who's your favorite wrestler? You're from Texas. He's like, oh, The Undertaker. I'm like, I, I'm not even going to talk to you. you. If you don't say the Von Erichs, you're not really a wrestler <laughs> right. from Texas. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> I use Fritz Von Erich when I go somewhere. And I yeah. don't want people to know my real name. Because if you can, if, yeah, exactly. Because if you can name off, like, oh, yeah, I'm Fritz Von Erich. They look at you. Yeah. Really weird. Because they're like, that's a really oddly specific name. Like I convinced a girl at work one time that Prince Von Eric was my was my uh, psychiatrist, and I was like, "Yeah, he's got it's like it's a family practice. He's got his son Carrie and, and Terry and blah 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 blah." And she's like, "Oh, what? Dude, I'm looking for a new psychiatrist. Oh, he'll love. Oh, he has this he has this little thing called the called the Iron Claw treatment. Like he massage. Oh, it's so good. It gets in. It gets on your. He, oh, pra- he practices so by throwing his hands in the sand and gravel. Oh, I was uh, me and Daryl were talking and uh, I was talking about. I remember which restaurant it was, but they had the the, uh, iron claw and mm-hmm. the hand got locked like the hand locked up with humidity mm-hmm. and they had to put like warm compresses on it to get it but it was like the guy was like bleeding i was like oh. i was like i would love to have seen that man it's almost like alien god so good like the little monster and alien mm-hmm. <laughs> little face hugger yes all right so one of my top five yes still even though i watched the um dark side of wrestling mm. and i learned some stuff i'm like you know what though, I I expect it. I mean, he was he was a genius, but I could see it. Um, the Macho Man, like I I because I watched my wife and she was like, you like that guy? I was like, yeah, he was great. So like the way he with Miss Perfect, Miss yeah, uh, not Miss Perfect, <laughs> the way <laughs> Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth and stuff. I was like, great. She's like, are you listening? I was like, he was super controlling. And I'm like, look back on it from watching. That, I'm like, yes, he was controlling, but I think he was doing that. Kind of like, you know, like we were talking about, like with the whole uh, Mox and uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston, like he made a promise. Like, I really think he was doing that to keep her from the dark side of wrestling. Like right. the guys in the back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think he was trying to keep her pure. But also on the other side, all she sees is, like my wife said, controlling. Like she wanted out. And that's what you learn in that. Is mm-hmm. She broke free. But then another thing control got me on, on that is because... They, they were friends with the Hogans, and, and the Hogans lived down in Florida, Clearwater. And Clearwater is a very big Scientology town. Is, is Hulk Hogan a Scientologist? I want to know. Yeah. I want to know, because they lived in Scientology capital. But if anyways, he, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. But no. If he jumps Hogan, on couches, yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, um, the Macho Man. Like, from what, you know, his, his brother was Leap and Lenny. Then he became the greatest 
tying into my other favorite wrestler, the genius, mm-hmm. told you how Mr. Perfect was going to beat you. Right. It's all tied in. Um, but, yeah, from being athletically gifted and then kind of striking out in the minors for baseball and then just be like, you know what, I'm going to be a wrestler. Right. And then he was one of the greatest wrestlers of the 80s. I was going to say, I'm probably I'm not sure if I'm if I'm right on this one. He didn't have a lot of matches, did he not? Did he, did, um, recorded? I don't know if he had a lot of matches recorded. I, I feel like when I was younger, like in the eighties, I seen him every week. Seen him every week. Maybe I'm, if someone could look that up and just tell me about it, because I I thought someone had mentioned Let that me he didn't have a lot of matches. I think you know was, what though you he did a lot of promos. Yes. So you know that's the thing we've talked about that. Like you can promo, like the whole flair for the gold. Yeah. They didn't wrestle at all that year, but they promoted like nobody's business. All right, let me see. WWF, I'm sorry. All right, WWF, you know what? I think you're right. He didn't have a whole lot of matches. So No. Well, here's the thing, though. All right, let me look does it here. Does it count WCW, too? It has everything. Okay. So let me come down here. Well, there's a big list here. Let me see what it says at the very end. Oh, this doesn't Because I found that strangely odd. So in the WWF... He had 379 matches, okay. 72 pay-per-views. Okay. So that's what he had in WWF. And this is from 19... So this is starting in... Uh, this list starts in 1990 and goes to... He was wrestling before that. I know. He? Hold on. Uh, it might be because I'm just stuck on 19... Hold okay. on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's going from... June twenty first, nineteen June twenty first, nineteen eighty five. That was his first wrestling. So it goes from eighty five to two thousand and four. So three hundred. Yeah, but if you notice, every it's consecutive for every year leading up to two thousand, and then two thousand four. There's nothing from two thousand to two thousand and four. Right. So, but yeah, it says all I mean, together. It's, it's, it was different times then. They not they don't do house shows like yeah. they probably did back then. But it just says in the WWF, right. his entire match count was three seventy nine. That's kind of low though. That is kind of low, but all those promos though. So yes. yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Uh, yeah, because you promo, you see him every week. Yeah, but you don't think about it. He to me, wrestle. he's he's iconic. He is. He's very iconic. Slim Jims. Uh, and, and if you look now, a lot of kids have find him out because of his whole cream of the crop promo. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. My favorite promo from him wasn't Bonesaw. even. My fa- Bonesaw. My, right. fa- my favorite promo vignette from him, he didn't even have a vignette. He was, uh, Mean Gene had the mic and he's like, Macho Man's like, go to the bang, bang. And he just walks on. And that was the entire <laughs> thing. And it's like a cocaine, cocaine fueled. It's like, that basically bang, bang. And you can't make it out. But if you like listen to it, like I listened to it like 20 times. Yeah. He says, can't talk right now doing a promo, bang, bang. But he says it so, so fast. fast. And, and Mean Gene's just like, <laughs> so it's so good. I mean, because like to me, he, like he had anxiety all the time. Yeah, but high intensity. And that's yeah. what, like on the dark side of wrestling, they yeah. even talked about like he was very, very high intensity. But outside of that, mm-hmm. like he was the first person to get legally married. Because that's what I learned. Because right. they talked about it was like at that time, the state of wherever it was at literally legally married like they couldn't have a fake you had to say yes we're really getting married even right. though they were already married right they had to say that for the state uh sports commission to approve that to be that's weird there. i know right it was very different time back in the, yes. back in the 80s um but yeah but just his body of work to be general you know very athletic a lot of people would strike out kind of like you know you're 
in high school, you were a big star football player. Mm-hmm. Then you go to a college and you realize I'm not really a big fish. I was just a big fish in a, in a small pond. Now I'm a small fish in a big pond. And then you fizzle out and then you go back to your hometown and you never do anything ever again and you work at a gas station. But he didn't do so great in the minor leagues, so what did he do? He adapted and overcame. He's like, I'm going to become a pro wrestler. Yeah. He trained. And then his first match that they ever have, he was courted by all the villain managers. You had the Wizard. You had Classy Freddie Blassie. Wow. You had all, there was like five of them. And he destroyed jobber wrestler whatever his name was and it wasn't that long of a match and then they all walked him to the backstage Mm -hmm. like he was already groomed to be a mega heel um and then his match with hulk hogan over miss elizabeth and his jealousy you try to steal my woman um and that and then he to team up with debo after no holds barred right like macho man had to be the straight man in that group when you make macho man the straight Straight man man, that's Oh, and the whole thing is scary Sherry in the back. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, Macho Man, top five. Top five. Yeah. Hands down. That's a good one. Um, I want to throw out, um, and this is for me locally, Iceman King Parsons. He was. He I've was, heard you talk about him many times. He was. My, he was the first African American athlete that I actually loved. Oh, really? And he was. I love the story because, like, he was like supposedly he was like. Um, I don't know how true it is. Yeah. I haven't gone back and looked. Urban at Legend. It. But uh, he was an ice delivery driver. Nice. And so that's why they came up with the name, Iceman <laughs> King Parsons. And his his finisher was was his butt. The butt the butt butt. Or the you know, and I know um, The rear view if you were if right, you, right, if you right. were Naomi. <laughs> so I don't know who came up with that first, him or the who else used that? The the junkyard dog? Did, yeah, junkyard did, yeah. He he's called he called his the thump thump, I think. I think he called him thump thump. Yeah, yeah. so um, I don't know who came up with that first. Okay. But I've always, I've always loved him. He's always was allies to the Von Erichs. He was always allies to anybody that was babyface locally. Yes. And I just loved him so much. And he, uh, he, uh, he had this dance and like, I don't know, just like it just, I would just watch it all the time. And I was like, just as a kid, just enjoyed it so much. And uh, um, he, he talked really, really well. And, you know, back then they, mm-hmm. they would go like off to the side and go to the back and do yeah. vignettes or promos or whatever. Yeah. And he had, he had some of the, you know, he would just talk to talk like he was like from the ghetto and, yep. and I loved it. And so I don't know. It just, it, I was just drawn to it as, as a kid. And nice. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you ever got a chance to see him. No, I've never, I've never, I don't think I, I, I don't remember or recall ever seeing an Iceman. Yeah. Gosh. He was, he was local uh, DFW. Uh, okay. Whenever I was growing up, he was at, they were at the uh, Sportatorium. Mm. With the Von Erichs and the Freebirds, yeah. So uh, I would just tell anybody that's listening to the podcast: go to the WWE Network, look up you know World Class Championship Wrestling. I need to do that and and look up some of his stuff because this this stuff was good. It was classic. It was the first time I ever seen a hair match. Oh really? He had a hair match with with uh, like Buddy Roberts from the okay. the Freebirds. Yeah. The the loser would and I I didn't believe this at like like at the time, but they had cream that would cut out that would. You know, take out people's hair like Nair. Yeah, and so um, I didn't. I, I was a kid. I didn't know nothing about that. Mm-mm. And so the like like the loser of the match would lose their hair. Yeah. And Buddy Roberts lost his hair, so oh. they, he shaved his head. Bald. That was like a big thing too for yeah. Buddy Roberts. Yeah, it was. And so so after that after that match, he would wrestle with like a, a boxing hat on with a wig. <laughs> And I thought that was so funny. But anyway. <laughs> he was the inventor of the hat with yeah. the hair on it. <laughs> so, so I thought it was so funny. And like anytime a camera would get to him, he would like spit at it or that's knock great. it away or something. It, that's was so, so it was so funny. But that's just me. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. Um, so my this is my number one. And it's and I never got to see any of his matches live. 
ever. Hmm. And I didn't really find out about him until I started the YouTube era where you could, you know, oh, I have a friend. Oh, this guy was really great back in the territory days. And Mm -hmm. you'd go and find his matches. And it's not just his matches, but his wrestling philosophy that not too many people still go by. Because there's not territories. There's there's still territories. Right. But there's not territories. Right. And And... he is one of, he just recently passed a few years ago, but he's one of, if you look at his lineage, he's one of the great wrestling lineages, which is Blackjack Mulligan. Mm. So Blackjack Mulligan, to me, the reason why he is my favorite is, one, he's legitimately a tough guy. Yeah. Like, he talked the talk, walked the walk, and he had great matches why he could be why he was like in the 80s he went into a two-year program with andre the giant because when the giant came over he was billed as the giant in wrestling Mm -hmm. and blackjack mulligan is like no i'm the giant in wrestling and their matches and and that was at that time they had matches prior to where they both did it and then i was reading an article where i forget the guy's name but he was talking about like they was at his apartment and they were drinking and they got into an argument about who was the bigger giant. And he said, he said at that time it was a, it was 1981, I think it was, over a thousand dollars worth of damage in an apartment. Wow. Today's damage they they collect at ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Wow. But yeah, Andre the Jam. So Blackjack Mulligan, the reason I like him a lot is one, he he did walk the walk, talk the talk. But the wrestling philosophy, and if you look at it, even in today's standard, it, you should still go by it. He would be in a promotion. And he was known as one of the two, him and, and his partners, and also him and, and, and uh, Bruiser Brody mm. had the same philosophy. You know, they would do it. They, they traveled a lot. Too. They tra- I love Bruiser Brody. Yeah. But they traveled a lot between the territories because to him, it was his job. He loved wrestling, but it was his job. And he would be there until the promoter was like, hey, why don't you buy a house? We'll make you our champion. Yeah. Immediately left, went to a new promotion. And the reason why during the territory days is if you – Bought that house immediately mid card. Yeah, you, you were locked in. We don't have to make you champion right now. Right. Now you're in the mid card. You're not. I told you you'd be champion soon, soon, soon. And if you look at it, that's what they do. Even in WWE, you have one that's really great. Then I'll immediately mid card. Yeah. So he would go and he'd be in this promotion for a month, and then they would say, "Hey, why don't you buy a house? We'll make you a champion." Immediately went to a new promotion. Or he'd go overseas and work over there and then that's, come back. That's awesome. But that's what I'm saying. So he did that. And then, of course, he's the father to Mike Rotunda, okay. IRS. Right. One of the greatest mid-carters ever. Yeah. And him and him and the Million Dollar Man, great team together. Mm-hmm. And then now he's also the grandfather to Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, he is one of the great one – the, one of the – to me, one of the greatest wrestling lineages, other than the Von Erics, and 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 there's quite a few other ones. Um, but yeah, or, or the Rhodes, right? You know what I'm saying? But Br- yeah, Bray or Bo has never mentioned this at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think like any. No, they, they did promo. take time off, right? Whenever whenever he passed, whenever he got, I, sick I do remember and that he passed. Yeah, but no, they don't ever claim at all. You know, you know, he's a rotunda, but you don't know who his grandfather right. is. You know what I'm saying? I love that about them, that they don't do that. No. I mean, they don't have to. They don't. But Blackjack Mulligan, like, very much a legitimate bad guy, a uh, very tough guy. Always, always a rough and tough cowboy gimmick. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, 
And it's just, it's just everything he did, his 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 philosophy. He had some really really great matches, and it just fighting Andre the Giant. Like I just literally watched a thing on from the '80s wrestling. They they posted the one because it's funny. The algorithm knows what you're doing. Like I saw the article about mm-hmm. when they were talking about how Blackjack Mulligan and uh, Andre the Giant was going into who's the biggest giant in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And literally two hours later, it was like one of the wrestling groups I'm part of was like, mm. here's the wrestling match from 80. And I was like, oh my. And I watched it. My son's like, how old were you, daddy, then? It was 82. And I was like, daddy was like six months old. How old was mommy? Mommy was a born son. <gasps> so I, I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah no but that, that's and he's anytime someone who's your favorite wrestler Patrick Mulligan yeah I never got to see him live ever I think that's awesome of you but to put him number YouTube. one and you never seen him wrestle yeah and you I, I think that's awesome. live I never seen him wrestle but YouTube helps out a lot yeah and you can see old matches and it's cool because you get to see the crowds like I watched the Bruno San Martino match when he fought uh, oh when he fought uh, uh, big Stan Hansen. Mm-hmm. And just those people, because you hear on like the WWE, like it's like he was beloved by millions. His eleven-year run from people in Madison Square Garden, he was the Italian's dream. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But then you watch his matches, and there's ninety-nine percent of that crowd is is Italian, Italian and yeah. they just so pop. It's like like uh, what was it? He beat the one I watched. He beat Stan Hansen. It wasn't where Stan Hansen broke his arm, uh, broke Bruno's arm, but like he got him, and it was a cage match. Yeah. And San Hansen did what he did, threw him in the ring, just the deafening booze. And then uh, Bruno, Bruno Sorrentino got up and just, just basic, just a basic hit to the head. Right. Rafter shook from everybody, just cheering, stomping the ground. I was like, oh my. And that's the 80s. So right. it's cool to you, see. And then you go back even further. And it's, you, you know, what's amazing that. about that period, by that time, is that when they were wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, Bruno was wrestling. Yeah. It wasn't a wrestling match. Mm-mm. I mean, it wasn't a wrestling ring. It was a boxing ring. Yep. And it was a lot harder. Oh, I bet. And so, man, those guys, I, you know, I give the hats out to those guys because that was, that's tough. It's like fight on concrete. God. And if you look at a wrestling match, isn't a, a real wrestling ring isn't that much. It's plywood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But the, but the, but the rings that they did back then, worse. Man. So much worse. So, but um, yeah. That's my, my third favorite wrestler. Your, that's, that's your number one or? He's my number one. Always, um, I'll say my my number one are and it's it's a stable, um, the Von Erichs. That's love, local. It's local, and I, I'm just, I'm thinking. I love you so much for that. <laughs> the Von Erichs, I have to say, they the, out of every wrestling family, yeah, they are, if not the greatest, mm-hmm. but also the most tragic. Yes, and and I I really liked what the Dark Side of Wrestling did for them. Yeah, and if you look at it, he is. The, the saddest part of that whole dark side of wrestling was I was a brother to, what was it? I was a brother to four, mm-hmm. and, and now I'm a brother to none. Right. And that is the saddest. It is. And it's, and it's not like they got claimed by drugs or they got, they got claimed to this, this, and that. It's just like, it's like a curse. Yeah. The Von Erics had a curse on them, and, and I don't, and it's just so sad. It is. Um, I remember, I think I was like 10 when I first started watching them wrestle. Yeah. It was on Saturday Night Wrestling, and then they had a show, they had a pre-taped show Sunday mornings. Okay. And so they would show whatever, whatever like uh, other house show they would do, they would mm-hmm. do it on Sunday mornings. So I'd stay up late on Saturday nights, 
and I would stay up with with my brother, and like my mom would get so, uh, she would get upset if I stayed up too late, cause yeah, because we, we had to go to church the next morning, and so um, I would pretend I was asleep on the couch watching watching the wrestling, yeah, and my and my brother would like would fill in for me because uh, you know. Mom, he's asleep. He's asleep. So I would sit up and watch that, and I would get upset. He would say, "Don't, good brother. He goes, don't, don't get too upset, because yeah. I would get so upset if they didn't win. Yeah. And then like, I would wake shh, up. Shh, quiet. <laughs> and so the next morning, I would pretend like I was six. I wouldn't go to church oh. so I could watch. You know your mom listens to this, right? Yeah. You, you better yeah. throw a disclaimer on yeah. this. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> sorry, Mom. Sorry, sorry, Bobby D's mom. He, he's he's a, a, real talk. So I, Real talk. I used to get in trouble. Yeah. And I got grounded, and I had to get a walkie-talkie, and I put duct tape I on it. I remember that story. Yeah, and I put, yeah, just so I could watch it, because if I didn't, I could never I this, get grounded this, so many times. Th- this story is on the Bigfoot Club archives. Okay, good. So this one, because I remember that story. Yes. I'm the same way with wrestling. Yeah. So. But yeah, they were they were my favorite growing up, and I, I just uh, I just loved them to death, and uh they were everywhere. If you were like in like like North Texas, they were everywhere. They were yes. on they were on Pepsi. They were he, on Pizza Hut. Fritz was a hell of a promoter. He was. Um, Michael Hayes once said that if Fritz let his boys leave the state of Texas, they oh my god, you would be talking about uh, uh, world class championship wrestling instead of WWE. I I a hundred percent agree with that because like they were so popular. But if he but it, well, it's like Stu Hart. He mm-hmm. let his brothers. Go, he let his kids go, and out yeah. of all his kids, only two of them succeeded. Yeah. But yeah. with the Von Eriks, I but I, I can see why he didn't because he controlled everything with that. Mm-hmm. If he would have let them go, Fritz would have been an afterthought. Yep, you would never have known Fritz. Yeah, he's like he would be like Jerry Jones. He wants to yeah. keep that stuff in. But and it's sad though because one of them just. I forget which which kid it was, which brother, but he died mysteriously. He had that little stomach issue and died uh, in Japan. David, David, David. And then you had the younger brother, who I call it the McMahon syndrome, right? Because all of them are big, right? But he genetically could not be big, right? And he let that, and then he killed himself, right? Because I can't be that. I don't have that. He he was not athletically. Yeah, it was that was that was Mike. Mike uh, mm-hmm. was was supposed to step in for David. Yep, and he was not. I he think just he couldn't. Yeah, he got, he got buffed up. Yeah, he, he got was, buffed up. But he he just couldn't. He got he got hit like I think on a non televised show. Yep. And he got some kind of infection in his bone. Yep. He had to go to Baylor Hospital. Mm-hmm. He almost died, lost yep. a lot of weight. And then he tried to come back too he fast. He, he just couldn't, couldn't do it. But that's what I'm saying. So that, I'm supposed to be this. Right. And that's another thing that's really bad. And I've heard people talk about it. Like, um, if you look at it, like wrestling families, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ric Flair and David Flair. Right. Or Vern Gagne and his, little bo- and his, and his son. Um, the greatest thing they say you could do if you have a son in wrestling is let him change his name. Right. Because when they don't, well, I have to live in my father's shadow. Like Vern Gagne's son was the worst. Right. He could not get out of Vern Gagne's shadow. And David Flair, David Flair couldn't get out of Ric Flair's shadow. Yeah. That was he even tragic. dyed his hair blonde. Yeah. He had a whole little, I'm the next nature boy. And it just fizzled. And what happens when that happens? If you look at it, yeah. what happened to to Mike? He yeah. killed himself. Yeah. What happened to David Flair? Killed himself. Killed himself. Vern, Vern, Vern Gagne's son. I remember what happened to him. I don't want to say he killed himself because right. I don't remember. Someone else will remember but that. But he's not around anymore. But he's not around anymore. So. And that's the worst thing ever. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's just sad. But I do. I love the Von Erics. Yeah. Love the crud out of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because I think they were the they were the very first ones. I think, I'm probably wrong on this, but they, I think they were the first ones to do it in a football stadium. No, they were. They were? Yeah, because uh, Rick Flair talks about it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
Because uh, Ric Flair was, I think, in that match. Yeah. They yeah. had the helicopter come yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved, he loved that match, though. He talks yes. about it all the time. Um, okay. So then, uh, number four, I didn't really appreciate him at first. I had a friend who just, just nuts over him. And then after you start watching him for a little bit, like during the time he was wrestling, I'm like, oh, you know what? He, there is something there. And then over the years you watch documentaries and stuff, but Stone Cold. Yes. Like I always thought Stone Cold was a dumb redneck. And then I have a friend who loved the crap out of Stone Cold. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, let me think about this. And then you, then you start watching it. Like, why is he that good? Right. And then just over time, it's just amazing. But yeah, Stone Cold just, and then I think the thing that really sold me on Stone Cold, like, again, I never knew about the Hollywood Blondes. Mm. I knew about, I know, exactly. <laughs> and I'm so happy that Brian Pillman Jr. is, I'm waiting for him to get his big call up yes, to the mains. Yes, Um And he's already started the Hollywood Blondes on the dark. Um, who's, but, who's he with? Uh, the one boy, the one guy that they made fun of and called him a ma- uh, called him a knockoff jungle boy. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah. he's talking, I can't think of his name. MJF wrestled him. Right, right. He, he's always getting squashed, right? Yeah, always getting squashed. Okay. But they're, but they're doing pretty good on dark when they tag team together. Okay. Um, but then ECW, I remember him, but he didn't really. He leave. did promos then, right? He, yeah, he did promos. But then he also wrestled a little bit because when he left ECW, he got his haircut. Okay. Uh, he lost. It was a hair match. Okay. I was thinking that he was hurt you know, and they, they brought him over, they, they brought him over to do. Yeah. I never good. knew about, I never knew about the, the greatness of the tapes. Right. Right. So I never knew about that when I was growing up. I remember seeing him on ECW because I was a big ECW fan, but my, my people in ECW right. was the Dudley boys. Big Dick Dudley, my mm-hmm. favorite. Didn't really just make the patriarch of of the Dudleys, um, but the Dudley Boys, uh, Sandman. Just mm. because I always liked the when he did, and then I realized when I got older, he didn't know how to wrestle. No, he didn't. And he was utter shit. But now he's gotten older. He's okay. Like he does like the dark side of wrestling. He's pretty funny. Yeah, but yeah. Like reckless, just get drunk and just get drunk and fight. But I loved, but when I was a kid, right, that that's was, what that I was really a big loved. Thing. Yeah, that's what I really loved. So I was watching them. That's who I paid attention to. I liked Raven, and Raven was there. Right. Um, so that's who I paid attention to. And then, you know, and then you look back, and you remember, well, you know, Eddie Guerrero was there for a little bit. Mick yeah. Foley, I don't even remember Mick Foley even being there. And I, I didn't Tom even Dreamer. like, yeah, I didn't, I, Tom Dreamer was okay. Um, but I didn't really like Mick Foley until he became Mankind. He did the infamous Boiler Room thing. Mm-hmm. And then I started re- learning who Mick Foley was. So I didn't really know, but then I started watching that, and then I discovered the infamous tapes mm-hmm. where he made fun of McMahon, and I was like, "Oh my God, his his mic skills are amazing!" Yeah, and then just that, and then listening to him, and then real, you know, and then his his whole skit against the McMahons, and then that I was like, "Oh my God, he is really that good!" And then the infamous supermarket with him and Booker T. Booker T. Yeah. And then the best thing about that match was they didn't even tell the people they were doing that; they just did it. And then the WWE, after it was over, gave money to that store to pay for every single one of the damages. So then you know, and then and then that started the Booker T. And it was not just a supermarket, but then you also yeah. had him chasing them in the bingo hall, uh, the 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 confession booth, and then just his whole thing. And then he left. Took his ball and went home because the right. whole Brock Lesnar thing. Right. And I was sad that he was gone. And then Me he too. came back. And I liked him ever since then. But yeah. So. He was really funny too. Oh my God. When he did a comic. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like the whole backstage where he was. What? That That is getting old. But he would be doing the guitar and he put the little cowboy hat on on Kurt Angle and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Did you yeah. know? Did you know he came up with that by calling Christian? 
He called no. he called Christian yeah. and left him a voicemail. And Christian Oh no, said, no, I remember that because he played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, played, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was telling them, Hey, what? I just, he goes, I just passed the tree. What? <laughs> hey, I need to talk to you. What? <laughs> and Christian was going, What the oh, hell is going on? <laughs> so good. But that's what I'm saying. Just his and then that shows you his IQ, not just yeah. the ring. But how do it's kind of like what they said with the Undertaker? He, he had to adapt, right? To be, and then you look back at Stone Cold. It's like he adapted with everything. Like whenever he's having really bad knee problems, right? He did the he did the comedy skits. I, I was ta- I was talking to Matt off show with this, but yeah. uh, before you got here, I thought that him not signing with WCW was one of the bigger reasons why WWE won the Monday Night Wars. I think so. So because he got fired from WCW, remember? Mm-hmm. Because he was he got he had a broke leg or something and, and they called him and fired him and, and he plus was so he was, mad he was doing he was like well, a number of blonde guys there mm-hmm. and they 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 thought he yeah. was like expendable you're a blonde guy yeah. you know we don't and then he's we got mad at Dusty and he does the most angry Dusty impersonation <laughs> like he's seriously upset with him he's like he's like Babe, I was gonna do and he just starts giving that vindictive tone I'm like this is the greatest vindictive Dusty Rhodes I've ever heard <laughs> but yeah but then you look back at it. Stone Cold, when you look back at it, and then you, you I, I think everything about him, his, his ring IQ and yeah. what he did for the business. Um, I want to say uh, he's probably like number three or four on mine is uh, Edge. And he's, I knew that would be there. Yeah, I, I've always loved Edge, and I've, I was, I mean, I cried whenever he liked tiring stuff. Yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. Man, I cried. It was just. I went back to watching wrestling the the uh, the night he retired. Yeah. I was like, what the. I didn't even, you even know because I took like know. ten years off of watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Because he got he got I think he got hurt by what's his name the, the dinosaur guy, um, uh, Brutus Clay. Oh yeah. He he tried to he tried to spear him, and he got hurt. Just another just another thing that the, Brutus Clay sucked at. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Taking a spear. But, but the one thing that I loved is that his last match he won a WrestleMania because I don't think he's ever won. Or, or or like retained his title at a WrestleMania. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's lost it every time. Nice. He's lost it every time. But he beat uh, Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> at <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm so happy he's in prison. Yeah, yeah, that guy is. Did you see Paige talked about it and she said that he is Voldemort to her. Like he won't, she will not say his name. Yeah, because of how horrible a person he is. That's pretty crappy too, man. Man, you know, I when I watched it, like I didn't like him because he was a heel. But I remember thinking to myself, like, there's something off about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, Edge was Edge has always been my my favorite and I've always loved him. I was uh I remember going back and watching that one match he did with Eddie, the mm-hmm. ladder match. Oh, and so and good. where he, he hurt his neck. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my if I could go back in time don't and do just it. and just pull that ladder. Don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> ah! Just yeah. pull that ladder out so he mm-hmm. doesn't get hurt. But oh. um but I always loved him. I think him and Christian are so funny together. So I I listened to, I used to listen to their podcast yeah life. so good I used to listen to their podcast and it was like so effing funny it's, it it's was just, so Birdman <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah he's one of my favorites of all time and I love his music uh, I have it as a ringtone too so nice so that's uh, that's that's always been my I favorite of all time me. yeah <laughs> that music hits boy and yeah. you just know yeah whenever he came out recently came out of retirement. I mean, I was jumping up and down. And we I, talked about it. I never jump up and down on a pay-per-view uh, unless it's like WrestleMania. We talked about that, yeah. too. <laughs> so He did so good. I I, I really hope that he, because I know that he's rehabbing right now. Yeah. 
And I really hope he gets to come back one more time. Just if it's, hey, I'm really retiring this time. Not yeah. because I have to. It's because I want to. Yeah. That's I, what I would love to see. I want him to come back, and I want him to, like, I'm, I'm trying to think I'm, who I want him to wrestle. AJ? Even if he doesn't wrestle for me, just that, just to retire, not because I have to because of my neck, but it's, right. it's, it's time. I just want to retire on my own terms. Right. You know, because that's his whole thing. He had grit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if he could come out and give his retirement speech at this time and not be like, I have to retire because of my bum neck, but hey, I've had a great life in wrestling. I'm officially retiring. And that way you're retiring because you want to, not because you have to. Right. And I would love to see that. Yeah, I think because I know when he came back, a lot of wrestlers wanted to wrestle him like right away. And um, I know uh, AJ said he wanted to wrestle him. Seth wanted to wrestle him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Owens. Everybody does. So. It's a dream match. <laughs> yeah, so. I agree. Well, my other all-time favorite wrestler I'm going to say is Dusty Rhodes. I love – I talk about him all the time. My yes, kids <laughs> my kids love Dusty Rhodes. They love his theme song. Yeah. They love it when he's carrying the little black guy in his arm. He's looking around like looking for the mama like, I have this little child here. Um, he – I used to play his Common Man song, and uh-huh. then my kids were like, Uncle Les. Uncle Les is a hardworking man. Uncle Les, you're Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> so – but I only knew WWE Dusty Rhodes. And then again, like I said, I, I found Dusty Rhodes – on the, on YouTube right. and other friends' DVDs and stuff. And just everything that he did. Like I said, like he was like the 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 two big things that have made me cry with Dusty Rhodes is his common man speech. Mm-hmm. And then when he died. Like right. I literally cried. Like I was at work and I was watching his tribute video and yeah. I was crying and Marcus was like, get over it. It's just a wrestler. Like I I I used to make Marcus mad and he would He'd be like, I'll t- fight you right now. Like, he would get literally mad. He was like, I'll fight you. I'm like, cool, go, go, Marcus. We'll fight. And he'd walk, and then I would just talk to Lisa. But that was, like, a very dark time because, like, he passed, and, like, it hit right. me hard. And I wrote a thing about it on Facebook um, and stuff like that about his passing, what it what it did to me and stuff like that. And I was crying, and Marcus was like, it's, he's just a wrestler. Stop it. And I was like, and I stood up. I was like, Marcus, I will fight you right now. Let's right. go outside. And he was like. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was this bad. And I'm yeah. like, leave me alone. But yeah, he his death hit me hard, and I don't know why it hit me hard. Um, again, like I said, I, I watched a lot of his matches on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and he started off as a heel with with Dirty Dick Murdoch, mm-hmm. and then he became the common man, and like everyone just loved him. Like what? he like, there's videos of him walking through like the ghetto, right? And everyone just surrounds him like he's. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Like, right. there's Muhammad Ali. You see him walking and people are right. shaking. He's, he's waving and shaking hands. And then, like, Dusty Rhodes did that. And it was, like, even more people. Who doesn't and, know? And the, he could the, connect. But it was right. the way he connected with people. And, like, like uh, and once in a while, I'll watch the Dusty Rhodes where he's like, my hand is touching your hand. And I'm like, oh, my God. It touched my hand. I mean, who doesn't know the the uh, bionic elbow? I mean, Exactly. And my son, once in a while, will be like, I'm going to get you, Daddy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he elbows me. But just everything... And uh, like I said, I mean, I do, it just his whole body of work from, you know, and, and he was so naturally gifted on promos. Yeah. Like he, he was given promos before promos even were cool. And I just, I just like everything about him and, and his matches were great. Like he, he didn't do very many high flying moves at no. all. And he's the one that million dollar man even said it. Like he was like, you don't have to leave your feet to make a million dollars. Right. Cause he, I think he relied on mostly like storylines and stuff yeah. like that. So, and, but then he was also wasn't afraid to hurt himself 
to sell a story. Yeah. And I, I remember the two biggest ones that I remember that I'm like, I don't know why you did that. The first one was the, the, the thing that made the road warriors use foam foam spikes on their shoulder pads mm-hmm. is when they, they took it off and dug it into his eye right, and almost poked his eye out. I was like, I don't care what, like we talked about like, like EC3 taking a beating for right. a storyline, a metal spike going right here. Like you have to do it just right. Or you could go blind. Right. I don't know why you would do that. And then the other one was the infamous four horsemen where they chained him to the, I forget which promoter it was and broke his arm. And the greatest thing about that was you think, because he talked about it, like on that thing right before it ends, he goes, you better make it clean mm-hmm. or make it look good or something. Most people <clears throat> think that he was saying that as like a taunt. He's like, no, you, you only get one time. Do it so it looks good. But then right. also so it heals right so I can come back. And it's just oh, it's just so like everything he did, like, you know, he just drove it forward. And then after he didn't wrestle full time, then he went to NXT. Right, and he furthered people like Seth Rollins, and he furthered those, and he even came on and did stuff with his kids. And he the when he started losing weight, and it was towards the end when he did the thing with Cody Rhodes and Goldust, and they had the infamous on the thing, and they did the the hands and right. the other kind of like mm-hmm. the shield. It, he just gave everything to pro wrestling. He worked all the way till he died, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I don't think anybody. Mm-hmm. It surprised everybody. Um, and Ric Flair even says, "Without Dusty Rhodes, there yeah. would be no Ric Flair." Yeah, and that I'm just saying, like everything he did furthered the thing that he loved. Um, AEW did something which I was really happy with. On that, um, you know how when the wrestlers come out, they come out, and they're getting ready to go onto the stage. They call mm-hmm. that they call it Gorilla. They yeah. they actually call that Dusty. Oh, do they? Yeah. So that to honor him, that's cool. They actually call it that. So they AEW wrestlers would no longer call that gorilla; they'll call no. it Dusty. I like it. So, so yeah. And like I said, I do it. Like I said, every year I, mm-hmm. I watch his tribute video and I tear up. But yeah, I love Dusty Rhodes. Something fierce. It's just so man. Good. That's uh, that's a pretty good list, man. I I love that how I like yours your list. Your, your your list was different from mine, mm-hmm. and we could talk about yeah even more wrestlers. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so. And like I said, and, and a lot of them all linked in together. Yeah. So yeah, well, I hope other people enjoy this. Yeah, I hope so too. And here's the thing: if if you have other, if other people uh, have other uh, favorite wrestlers, you know, yeah, comment us, comment yeah, us on, comment. on the Facebook. Tell us page. who your favorite wrestlers are. Pro Wrestling News Tracker, Twitter. Facebook. Yep, Twitter. Uh, Ringside View Pod. Yes, at, at Ringside View Pod. There you so. go. Use your use your big bad Twitter machine, as, <laughs> as Bully Ray would say. <laughs> so I think that that's going to do us for this week. I like it. So it was good to be in studio with you. Yes. And see, see Matt, you. see you, uh, be Matt in Tulsa. Even talked. Yeah. Matt even talked. He was a special guest. You want to say anything, Matt? Bonesaw is ready. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love Matt. Who doesn't love Matt? Who doesn't? I love Matt. You love Matt. We all love Matt. We all love. We're men who aren't afraid to say we, we love, love other, other men. <laughs> On that note. (laughs) Oh, good times. Okay.